Greetings, and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Red Octopus Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriate Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by none other than the Deadly Grounds Coffee. The, the, the Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. To die for. Ooh. I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me, as always, are my hand-drawn cohorts, Nintendo. My favorite episode of the Golden Girls is the one where they took the contaminated Geritol and died. That was never an episode. Well, it should have been. You're right! <laughs> and Parasite C. Man, I'm pretty. Aren't you, though? <laughs> I don't know. You're truly... Really... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I've been told by myself. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> so for those of you who have not figured it out yet, uh, we are here to talk about Cartoon Network. Oh, we are? Uh, we Stop. are. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some of the... Cartoon Network. Combo Breaker. That's for a different episode. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about Cartoon Network, a network that uh, defined the late 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of shows on there that are classics, timeless, what have you, uh, for a generation of, of cartoon viewers. And uh, I wanted to talk about them. Gosh, yeah. darn it. Gosh, darn it. Gosh, darn it. Heck. Heck. So uh, I thought it would be fun if we each had two shows and we each got to talk about one before we take a break and then one after we take a break. And in between, we'll take a break. I mean, does that sound good? That sounds, sounds pretty good. Uh, these high episodes are a big, long break. It's a big yeah. break sandwich. <laughs> so I, uh, old, so we need extra breaks. We, we do. We yes. need breaks on breaks on breaks. So let's get into some cartoon networking cartoon network cartoon cartoon um cartoon network uh it was an american and still is american tv network which launched in october of 1992 this network was owned by the kids young adults in classics division of warner bros entertainment um and that was also a subsidiary of hanna-barbera which is kind of cool uh, the network was designed primarily to broadcast animated TV shows uh, that were targeted towards kids and teenagers and young adults. Um, some of the notable early shows on this network were Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, Man, I'm Pretty, uh, <laughs> Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, The Powerpuff Girls, Edda and Eddie, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and Samurai Jack, just to name a very few. Uh, this cartoon network would eventually split their broadcasting in 2001 into a kid-friendly programming by day and adult-oriented night programming, uh, with the night shift being called Adult Swim. Uh, Adult Swim would feature its own unique lineup of shows, some of which were not animated. Uh, Shows uh, on Adult Swim from 2001 to 2007 included Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Sea Lab 2021, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, The Venture Bros, Metalocalypse, and for the non-animated show, Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job. Uh, which is a show that I did not appreciate in like high school, but I, I think I feel like it would have aged well. Like I think I would get the humor now. Um, but <laughs> you do not know it's it's a weird show. But uh, anyway, 
so uh, one other very you know core aspect of Cartoon Network, I feel like they're the three pillars of Cartoon Network. Uh, the third pillar uh, was rolled out in 1997, so actually earlier than Adult Swim had come out. This was called Toonami. Uh, and Toonami was an afternoon programming block that was geared towards televising various anime and action cartoon series of, uh, of yesteryear. Um, this block had a unique space theme uh, with the whole thing being broadcast from a, a ship floating in outer space, not inner space. That's mm. a different thing. That's it was a not inside thing. Martin Short. It was not inside Martin Short. It was short. not. Short. Short. I short. add a syllable to short. I don't know. It just felt like it should have had one. It wanted to have one. I mean, Martin uh, so, has two, so. Martin Schellwert. Uh So the Toonami block was actually, uh, it, it had a host, and this was initially hosted by none other than Moltar, who was a villain from the Space Ghost cartoon show from, you know, back in the day. Uh, and the host the hosting duty on Toonami was uh, was voiced by the original voice actor of Moltar, which is C. Martin Croker, uh, until 1999. Uh, Toonami eventually switched their host. Uh, they changed things up with Moltar and replaced him with the incomparable Tom, or Toonami Operations Module. Uh, Tom was initially voiced <laughs> by Sonny Strait. Oh my god, I never knew it stood for something. I, you know, it's always been an acronym and I, I never knew what it stood for until uh, I still was doing some research for this. Uh, so Tom was initially voiced by Sonny Strait, who is famously the voice of Krillin from the Dragon Ball series. Uh, but after the first, uh, you know, iteration of Tom, uh, to uh, he would be voiced by Steve Blum from then on out, who uh, we know very well for roles such as Wolverine from Wolverine the X-Men, uh, as well as, you know, pretty well-known on Toonami itself, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, uh, as well as a billion other roles. Let's be honest. Steve Plum's done a million things. Yeah. Uh, but he's he like the iconic been... voice of Tom for me. Like, that's the voice I hear yeah. when I think, yeah. you know, what I'm like. And he's also been Wolverine in a million things, too. So I think at this point, he's also kind of like the Wolverine guy. That's true. I, you know, I, I meant to double check that, but I just remembered for sure Wolverine in the X-Men bunch but of yeah. games uh like i think both uh x-men legends one and two and marvel x-men uh, ultimate alliance um i think like uh marvel versus capcom three i believe i don't know about the new one but yeah and like i don't know various other shows uh not x-men evolution i think he started but that's not what you said but i'm just saying not that one mm -hmm. um and i i do think he started for animated with uh wolverine and the x-men but i know he's uh Remember that Avengers cartoon that was really good? The Avengers, the Avengers new, no, no, what was it called? Assemble. I want Avengers? to say New Age of Heroes, but that's Marvel no. versus Capcom. New Age, of, <laughs> new Age of Heroes. <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom. Too. We say it super breathy, so new you age. don't have to. <laughs> that's right. We don't have to, but we but will anyway. Anyway, he was he was in that when when the, like they had their last season and they brought on Wolverine and Spider-Man to be on the Avengers. Weird. And that was pretty cool. So he was. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really cool show. Uh, yeah. Steve so Blum. Steve, Steve, Blum, Steve, Blum. Steve Blum was the Toonami operations module for like a buttload of years. Uh, and uh, and so when Tom actually as a character came in and replaced uh, Moltar, uh, he he did so with this speech, which is uh, so it's a brand new tsunami, but the mission objectives remain the same. My name is Tom. I'm the new Moltar. 
Welcome aboard the Ghost Planet Spaceship Absolution, Cartoon Network's first and only interstellar broadcast and exploration vehicle. I'll give you the tour later. From this day forward, she's completely responsible for all Toonami transmissions. I'm taking you guys into the new millennium. No big changes now. Same show, same attitude. New place to do it. New guy to do it with. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get back into it later. Which I thought was pretty cool. I liked Tom's attitude. Like, he was chill. Like, Moltar was great. But I think both of them had they had their merit. And I just, I don't know. I love Tom. I think Tom great. had the better beer gut. Yes. Tom, Tom had so many friggin' iterations. So um, that was actually my next talking point, which is really funny. Uh, Tom's so- beer gut? Tom's beer gut. Uh, so, so Tom had many version updates, we'll call them over the years. Uh, he was this little robotic dude, uh, improving and changing his initial kind of like short, round, cutesy, pudgy, beer gutty ex- uh, appearance. So, yeah, you know, he started out as this cute little, like he almost looked like a Funko Pop guy. Like he was just this like super deformed little pudgy dude. And then version two, he upgraded. He kind of looked a little more, you know, futuristic, a little more Bomberman-y. Then version three, he really started to just have more like, you know, he was taller. He looked, you know, more badass, whatever. He had like this Brainiac-esque symbol on his chest. He, he always had like this radioactive symbol on him somewhere. Uh, okay. Tom version four Terrible. is a fucking abomination. I have no <laughs> idea what the hell happened here, but good God. I'll tell you what happened. They showed us what he looked like under that helmet. And then we went, <laughs> no, thank you. Well, that's a big fat. No, thanks. <laughs> I got a, oh, I got God. a whole bunch more. Nope here. If you need some got plenty of no. So, so is this, is he has like eyes and a weird looking mouth. Yeah. And- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He's just he just looks very weird. Uh, yeah. Clearly, they were going for like a more cutesy, cartoony, expressive look. I personally feel like he looks like he came out of an Eiffel 65 music video from like 1997. So I don't know. It's really weird. It's very specific. Uh, very specific. I have very specific. You go watch the music video for "I'm Blue." Da ba dee da ba da, and and you'll 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 be there with me. I like uh, um, I like Tom two and uh, Tom three. I yeah. Believe. Agreed. His beard uh, t- really is extra weird because it, it has a glowy radiation symbol on it. Right. It's like a radioactive gut. I mean, he. It's, I feel like he's about to say, and my eyes are up here behind my visor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. what God, do you want me like, to look at? There's no way I can't look at your giant radioactive gut. Big it's ass there. beard. I know. It's, it's so staring. Weird. It's staring at me it menacingly. <laughs> It is. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, his iterations were were mostly similar, except for four. Pretty, (laughs) pretty cool looking character. I mean, you know, he he showed up in between episodes and commercial breaks and whatever. Um, Toonami uh, would be absorbed into adult swim programming entirely in 2012. Uh, so basically, anytime you would be catching anime or anything, uh, it would be in the adult swim block. And also, uh, so as I as I said, Toonami when it first started had some anime, but it also had some other uh, like action cartoon shows that like don't quite count as anime in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, but then once it got absorbed into Adult Swim, it was like full anime all day, all the time, and they were all way more like gritty and gory and adult oriented and all that shit to kind of fit the branding of Adult Swim. Um, which you know I think some people maybe liked, some people maybe didn't. Uh, but but I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, 
some of the shows on Toonami throughout the years. Uh, in 1997, you had Thundercats was on Toonami. You had something called mm. Cartoon but Roulette. I'm a... Thundercats are on the loose. Thundercats are loose. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah uh uh yeah there was a show called cartoon roulette which uh had various episodes of the original space ghost show birdman and the galaxy trio the herculoids mitor shazam teen force the impossibles and the 1940s superman cartoon that's amazing i love hanna-barbera's pulp shows and i still want to do an episode about them so agreed agreed really really want to do that I, I know they're I, so I, different there, and so weird. It really was like their sci-fi pulp era of right. like, their own. It was just this explosion of all these characters. That's so cool that they ended up putting them on Toonami. Like that. I know I had no clue because I, you know, I was only six when when this was airing in 97. So I didn't get to see like this first iteration of Toonami. But I think that's really great that it paid a lot of homage to the original shows that were in the Hanna-Barbera, you know, collection um and then in 98 you started to get you know like the shows that i feel like defined toonami for me which is like dragon ball z and and sailor moon uh they actually started showing voltron and robotech which is really cool yeah um in 1999 they began airing ronin warriors um as well and uh powerpuff girls which is kind of weird that it was part of that um 2000 they had mobile suit gundam wing uh tenshi muyo which definitely was not a show i watched but was a show that was always fucking on they wanted to shove in your face it felt like every time i'm like oh maybe i'll watch two not tenshi muyo again fucking hell so um uh in 2000 like this show i don't want to i don't want to watch this damn contrarian all right i don't want to watch contrarian stupid stupid show about this guy who has a harem and like him being a dork and i'm like why do all all these girls think this guy is so great because he's the only redhead uh asian man no tenshi might have red hair that's rurodi kenshin oh which was Tenchi Muyo? <laughs> Tenchi Muyo is like, oh, I'm little soft-spoken Tenchi Muyo guy. I have short black hair, and and there's like 14 teen women who wanna who wanna have me these, be their boyfriends. These are shows that I did not watch anyway, so I'm just honestly, yeah, I just showed you're, my hand. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <clears throat> Uh, in 2001, uh, they they had a few anime that uh, I actually want to track down. There's a show called The Big O, which I oh, heard yeah. mentioned. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. a mech show yeah, that a big, borrows big a ton. Show, yeah. Of inspiration from classic Batman cartoons. Like the main character is kind of like this, you know, dual life person who appears as like this philanthropist. And by night, he's the pilot of this mech. He kind of lives in a city that's very similar to Gotham. A lot of people love this show. And I've never seen the big O. I would like to track it down and, and you know, give it a watch. Um, it's got a unique art style. It's very, like, minimalist. Um, it's not bad. It's just different. And it's not um, so minimalist. Like, it's not minim- minimalist in the way that, like, Dexter's Lab was or something like that. It does look right. like anime. And there, there is a lot of detail in there. But maybe for that type of a show, like a, right. a big robot anime, it does look a little bit simplified but right it, i mean the some of the screen grabs i'm looking at actually look very look, good look great yeah like, i know i I'm, his, I'm like totally interested to check it his out his arms are kind of weird but like yeah and he, and, and the dude cool. and the the mech itself big o or whatever his neck is really weird it's like very tall and and whatever yeah that's why he's he's uh he's called a neck 
He's not. It's not. It's with an M. <laughs> it's not it's a mech M. show. It's a neck show. Is that a? Is that an M or a V? That is a V. M V M V. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, there was also a show called Outlaw Star, which uh, oh, yeah. I did not realize. I did not realize that this predated uh, the airing of Cowboy Bebop on uh toonami by a number of years and they're both similar shows um i know justin cooper our buddy has mentioned outlaw star um in passing before and i know a lot of people really like this show um so i i definitely want to watch this one both of these look really cool and outlaw star is a little easier to get big o i think was harder to find like a complete series online um and then uh, the other two real quick, there was Card Captors, Card Captor Sakura. Uh, I remember watching that show actually personally on, uh, I think, WB Kids, That's not on Toonami. Yeah. But yeah, they did air it on Toonami. I, I, like, I feel like Big O also was on. I think there was a lot of overlap. Yeah, I think there I think there was a lot of overlap there because I was finding shows that were airing on both. And I was like, wow, I don't remember seeing that here. I don't remember this being where I watched this first. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you know, really cool. And, uh, and Zoid's zoids was on mm, tsunami just saying you know whatever uh 2001 uh i talk about zoids with such reverence i mean the shows are are pretty corny uh i think new century was better than chaotic century but uh you know whatever uh it's it's a good time they they had it on there in 2001 uh so that was a few that was a few of the shows on tsunami there was a shit ton um, but yeah, so I mean, that I feel like kind of broke down like the three pillars of cartoon networking of the day. And, uh, and so, you know, I think going forward, I'd like to just kind of get into the shows themselves and, you know, kind of start talking about specifically the shows that spoke to us, what ones we were big fans of, and just see what happens. Okay. Whatever. Sounds whatever. Good. Sounds good. So, uh, okay. So I'll start us off. Uh, I want to talk about the Powerpuff Girls. The Powerpuff Girls! Uh, <laughs> Sugar show, and spice and everything nice. But there was an extra ingredient in the formula. Chemical X. X. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Thus the Powerpuff Girls were born! <laughs> Using their ultra superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup will defend the city of Townsville against the forces of evil. Yeah, freaking sweet. That. So uh, Powerpuff Girls uh, ran from 1998 to 2005. This show was created by Craig McCracken, uh, which is just a fucking great name. Uh, it is you have, a. You have, absolutely have to speak with a, a Scottish accent. Of, Craig, Craig McCracken, Craig McCracken, oh Craig, oh Craig, oh Christ Craig. Why did you have to go and make such a oh. such a bonny show? Oh Christ, so bonny. I don't know. I don't know. Um. So yeah, the show was an American superhero animated show featuring a trio of superpowered sisters, Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup. Uh, they were created by the Professor Utonium in an attempt to create the perfect little girls. But uh, by using sure. sugar spice and everything nice, as we mentioned, adds Chemical X, Wham Bam Jam. Thank you, Sam. Powerpuff Girls are born. Uh, like I said, the show started in 98 and it ran for six seasons AKA 78 episodes, AKA like 130 something segments. Cause most episodes were split into two 11 minute little segments. 
Um, so each episode basically had two mini episodes in it. You know, a lot of shows do that yeah. format. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, there was a ton of you know ton of individual little plot points there. Um, uh, there was a few specials that ran the full length of the episode that were twenty two minutes. You know, start to finish. Uh, Powerpuff Girls are super powerful. They have flight. They have superhuman strength. Uh, they have superhuman speed. They have superhuman senses. They're nigh invulnerable. Uh, they have x-ray vision. They have red heat vision. I don't. I mean, they don't have blue heat vision. They have red heat vision. They have energy protection, space survivability, which is a really like mundane way to describe that. Like space survivability. I we they they survive in space. Like okay. I mean, Superman even had to have a special suit for that. Mm-hmm. Right, like Powerpuff mm. Girls can just freaking do it. It depends on the iteration, but yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'm thinking yeah. animated series. I'm thinking animated series. Then yeah, them them yeah, and uh, they also were thermal wow. resistant. <laughs> Why? They were they had thermal resistance, uh, so that's good. You know, they were good insulator. Um, most of the episodes involved the girls protecting the city of Townsville, USA, uh, from various creatures, monsters, gangs, and ne'er do wells. Uh, all the girls have. I think the thing that the, the show did really well is they they balanced them having struggles of just being a kid as well as also needing to be a superhero. So there was sh- there was episodes that dealt with like sibling rivalries, them losing their teeth, like hygiene, going to school. Uh, there was one where they were like, you know, Bubbles were super dependent on her, I think, dependent on her blankie. Um, there was like a bedwetting episode. So like it, they did and they did enough to try and make it relatable to kids who were maybe going through kid stuff, but mm-hmm. also like, you know, having them do all the superhero stuff, too, which was cool. Um, right. Just overall, great action show, great sense of style and humor. Um, they did a wonderful job just making them feel relatable and exciting and fun for kids, regardless of age or gender. I mean, I like this was one of my favorite shows on on Cartoon Network and I didn't give a shit that it was about you know a bunch of little girls that like didn't really even phase me I just thought it was awesome um, and I mean I think like you can't talk about the show and not mention the villains right like right. Powerpuff Girls Mojo was so... Jojo Mojo Jojo uh, he was an insane monkey that had a mutated brain which made him sentient and smart and crazy evil uh, he was crazy he was evil. <laughs> he was the arch enemy of the Powerpuff Girls for sure you know he was their Lex Luthor or whatever and uh, he frequently would talk in circles like to the point of boring the girls like yes I am evil and I am going to win and I'm going to steal the money from the bank which means that the bank will not have the money because I will have the money because I stole the money because I am smarter than the bank and I took the money from the bank so I am rich and I am powerful and it's just by, you know by the time that he was done with it the girls are just like sitting there like oh my god can we just punch him already can we just like end it um can we have a new age of villain new age of jojo <laughs> what i need is mojo jojo's bizarre adventure yes that's, that's the mashup is, yes. show that's the don't we all show that's that the show that we need <clears throat> that's, that's the, the show that we need. we deserve yeah that's we the show that we deserve it. that's the show that we've earned um uh, moving right along, there was the Gang Green Gang, which was always like my favorite name for any of the bad guys. Uh, and they were just kind of like a group of green gangsters that were trying to like stay cool and, and act slick while also committing like, you know, medium level crimes. Uh, and there was uh, there was Ace. Low level misdemeanors. Low level yeah. misdemeanors, right. Uh, there was Ace, Snake, Lil Arturo, <laughs> Grubber, and Big Billy. 
big belly sounding kind of like this. Nah. Like he's just <laughs> really dumb. And little Arturo was weird. I, I think he only spoke in Spanish. I think every episode or, or maybe he just had a really strong accent, but I think he spoke in Spanish. Uh, there was the Amoeba boys yeah. <laughs> who were a hundred percent useless. They just were like walking, talking Amoebas. They never were good at being bad at all. They couldn't like accomplish a single thing. Right. Um, they they wanted to just be respected as true criminals, but like they considered their single greatest achievement to be stealing one orange. <laughs> so like that was just like the level of of, of accomplishment they had. And uh, I, I remember there was one episode where they were trying to do something else, but they ended up making the entire friggin' city like wicked sick. Like uh, I remember they would just like touch someone and they would get like like immediately their whole body would like turn into like slumpy sick mode and uh and and they didn't even realize they were doing it that was like the, you know their biggest crime and and they had no clue they were even doing anything uh so there was boss man jr and slim uh, uh next up is like i don't know low-key my favorite is him who's an androgynous devil type character with crab claws that went back and forth from having a cloud like soothing voice to screaming at the top of their lungs in fits of rage um yeah i i love him yeah he, he's so fucking funny yep. and and he's just like <clears throat> so unhinged so good and i remember uh, like the very first time that you had ever seen a an episode with with him um, you told me about it and you were like, he's really scary. Like it's this crazy, like very different for the show. And like, he's like the devil. Like it, it just doesn't feel like this would be right. on the show. Right. And they made it like really scary. And they're like, it's, it's him. him. And it's like, him is actually the name of the character. Right. It's him. Yeah. Cause they couldn't oh. say it. Oh, oh, I'm talking in cloud voice now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he, he kind of was like Joker-esque. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he, he had a temper and he'd get really mad. Oh, yeah. Powerpuff, Powerpuff girls. Like, and I think like, like his, his scary voice was almost not the scary part. It was like his soothing oh, yeah. voice that made him extra yeah. scary because it's like, yeah, because you knew it was whoa. coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, love it's him. the potential energy that's scary, not the kinetic. Exactly right. I know. Right? And the it's crab claws are just bonkers. So <laughs> out of nowhere, and he's wearing a tutu oh, as well. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was very androgynous. They clearly tried to yeah. just like not let you know exactly what was going on with him. They just wanted you to feel uncertain and uncomfortable, and it totally worked. He was, he was a great villain. Um. Going through the next two uh, a little quicker. So we have Sedusa, uh, who is just friggin' awesome. She I feel was... like she had like one serious episode or something and then would just sometimes cameo because yeah. she really only worked once. Right. Because the whole deal was that you didn't realize. And, right. and you know, so she she was like trying to woo the professor and the girls didn't really trust her. Like there was a there was enough like warning signs, weirdness. And the professor, professor was just like, oh, girls, oh, please. Oh, 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 no, no, no. Come on. Come on. It's just all in your head. And uh, and so Sedusa actually was trying to uh, trick the professor into marrying her so that she could get the uh, chemical X formula. Uh, and she has prehensile hair. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, I thought Sedusa was great. Great name, great character, great yep. voice actress, yep. super fun, um, very well done. Um, 
there was the rowdy rough boys. Oh, uh, these were oh, like the oh, yeah. rival, the yeah. rival Powerpuff Girls, and they were yeah. created by Mojo Jojo in a similar way to how the Powerpuff Girls were made, uh, except he used snips and snails in a puppy dog tail. So perfect. And he also <laughs> used instead of Chemical X, he used a splash of toilet water from the Townsville prison because he made them. He he made them in prison. So they so. they are his. Uh, they're his prison wine. They're, 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 <laughs> yeah, they're his like homebrew homebrew moonshine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super super gross, but really funny. Um, and and uh, yeah, so there was brick. <laughs> this is awesome. Brick is the red one. Yeah. Uh, Boomer is blue, and Butch is green. So for you know your blossom bubbles and buttercup analogs there. Um, and then uh, just to kind of round things off for my my portion of talking about powerpuff girls i had no freaking clue about this so there was an anime adaptation of powerpuff girls called powerpuff girls z which was originally debuted in japan exclusively in 2006 and had a 52 episode run as well as two manga volumes that got published and apparently um the powerpuff girls creator craig mccracken was not involved with powerpuff girls z at all uh, and the show would eventually receive an English dub in 2008, but would never be aired outside of Australia and New Zealand. Oh, bummer. I want to see this show so fucking that. bad. I mean, it looks it looks bad. It, I mean, it, it looks, looks like I, movie. I'm going to look up right now. I Very... mean, I'm sure it's not good, but I just want to see it. Like, that's yeah. such a bizarro world thing. Yeah, that is. this American show just got this crazy Japanese offshoot and the original creator uh, had nothing to do with it. Like super crazy. Well, um, at least they have fingers. They do. You know, <laughs> they're like <laughs> super, version. super, super <laughs> ultra, like cutesy, big anime eyes. Yeah. Like, just that whole, you know, the whole uh, shtick. I, I'm looking at a, pic- a poster of them fighting a villain you didn't mention, Fuzzy Lumpkins. That's right. Yeah, I actually cho- I didn't mention Fuzzy Lumpkins because I I thought Fuzzy Lumpkins sucked. Yeah, did. I didn't. Yeah. I did not <laughs> like him really. Um, but yeah, that's true. Fuzzy Lumpkins was like this big pink, uh, like just hillbilly like bug thing. I, I don't know bug what supposed to be. bug thing. I mean, yeah, he I had really antenna. Know. He did. He had antenna, but he was like a big fuzzy bear kind of looking thing. Yeah, he was weird. Um. Yeah, so Powerpuff Girls Z, hilarious, weird, holy crap. I would love to watch a, a few episodes, if nothing else. At least try to. Yeah, at least try to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm curious how the dub is. Um, and then uh, on top of that, uh, this, this which I did know about, but I just forgot about, was that uh, Powerpuff Girls Reboot was done in 2016, uh, which had its own fairly significant run of 119 uh, you know, segments, whatever episodes over the course of three seasons until 2019. And that reboot had like very similar drawings. It was only slightly different. There was another reboot special that had like really weird drawings. And I remember seeing that and going, Oh God, that looks terrible. No spanky. No spanky. Mm. What <laughs> at all? So yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was the deal with that, but they ultimately didn't end up uh, end up going with it. Did the Powerpuff Girls ever do a crossover with the superheroes from Dexter's Lab? Oh, the uh, yeah. Oh man, 
It's like major, I, major glory, major glory, major and, glory, and and Valhalla or Val, Val, Val Halen. It was, it was Val Halen, man. Val Halen. It was like <laughs> amazing a, name. a copy of Thor, <laughs> but he was a he was the Viking god of rock. Yeah, god of man. rock. Yeah, and <laughs> he had like a flying V. It was perfect, man. So fucking. And awesome. then there was also the uh, the uh, infragable Hulk, infragable Hulk or Crunk or something. He was like a purple Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I remember the purple Hulk. Okay, the infragable Crunk is his. <laughs> and he was just a you big can't dumb. frag him. Looks exactly like he's. It's funny because he's actually just the Hulk colors inverted because he's wearing green pants. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That anyway. is weird. Um, so I don't know of any crossover with them. Um, to be perfectly honest, like Cartoon Network did so many things with crossovers, probably past the years I was watching it actively. But I don't know. It could be. Could be. Uh, but yeah. So Powerpuff Girls. I freaking love that show. I remember I also had a uh, a Game Boy Color game called yes. Paint the Townsville Green. And you could play as a buttercup. Uh, and I, I remember thinking that game was really, really fun. Right. I because they had, didn't they have like three games they that were did. all released at once? And yeah, in each game, mm-hmm. you were a different girl because that, I don't know. It's like, yeah. So they had the blossom the way game was that called, they were making money off of it or something, or maybe they the, couldn't fit all three girls. Well, maybe they I were mean, just gonna play the same. I or, think they oh. were pro- probably going for the Pokemon thing of like having different versions, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they True. were totally different games. So yeah, for some reason, I had Panther Townsville Green, um, but they also had Bad Mojo Jojo, where you played as Blossom, and then uh, Bubbles had Battle Him. Which was definitely like the one I low key super wanted, but I was like, oh, I'm not gonna buy two Powerpuff Girls games, <laughs> right, right. But I kind of want to. Um, but yeah, so I remember liking that game a lot, and uh, it was fun. You could fly all around Townsville and beat guys up, and it was good. Oh stuff. my god! Oh my god! Major Glory was on Powerpuff Girls. Oh really? Oh, uh, oh shit! So it says in. There's an episode called Members Only, and it says uh, Major Glory is shown as the leader of the Association of World Supermen, or AWSM, or Awesome for short. Awesome. Uh, And he refused to let the girls join Awesome for the simple fact that they're females, and it's an all-male club. What a douche. What a Uh, His attitude was his downfall when an alien supervillain arrived and overwhelmed the mighty heroes. And at first the Powerpuff girls refused to help, but because they, they were like, screw this guy. He was a jerk to us, but then they helped. And uh, uh, they ended up, uh, I guess, forming their own, uh, their own new society, which was called the society of associated puffketeers or soap. (laughs) Soap. (laughs) <laughs> Although they made them all wear little oh dresses to join. So all the big burly men had to uh, dress like chicks to join the uh, the new club. And of course, Val Halen looked uh, just kind of just kind of like himself. <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to see that episode a lot. <laughs> um yeah i did not get to do as much of a deep dive with powerpuff girls like re-watching it um for this episode just because i have gone through the first season a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and i just kind of wanted to like i i do want to you know go through and watch some of it but i'm probably just going to jump into season two but my my second show that i'm going to talk about uh after the break is the one I, i did a little bit more watching of but enough from me i need to shut 
the hell up. So <laughs> I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna <laughs> pass this shit off to somebody else. Let's have uh, let's have Nintendo talk for a bit. Give us a show, sir. Okay, I'll give you a show. You want a show? I'll give it uh, to you. Yeah, give me a show. I'll yeah, give it son. to you. All yeah. right, what you got? Yeah, I'll give it to you, guy. <laughs> so my show guy is okay, guy. Samurai Jack guy. Ooh, yes. So Samurai this is a show. This is a show. L. Jack. Yes, yes, yes. Um, this is a, a pretty cool show. Um, I, I wish I'd gotten more into it when it first came out, and uh, I wanted to watch it uh, for the show. And unfortunately, I I could only find clips on YouTube, and uh, that's no yeah. fun. I want I want to see the whole thing. You know, yeah, they, made, they, they made it hard to watch. Easy, very hard to watch. Um, yeah. The show only had like uh, it had five seasons, which the fifth season came out in 2017, which I remember hearing about, and uh, and that was the conclusion to the story that uh, uh, that was supposed to end in season four, which was like 2003, I want to say. Oh wow! Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it was quite a gap between season four and season five, um, and I guess season five was supposed to be like more more serious and more darker or whatever and and i really want to see that i want i want to see uh, what direction they uh yeah because samurai jack eventually went full time to adult swim yes like it was originally in like their tsunami lineup or or whatever but then it just went full into adult swim and then like the gloves were off they could go make it as gory as they wanted to and i'm like oh shit i want to see that a lot yeah i want i want to see i mean i want to watch all five uh seasons yeah i do do too Um, too. i do too i want to go through this it's one, one of those shows where the the art style was um different than what i was you know used yes. to or yeah. really into at the time yeah, like and, more, um, more squared off yeah it's like blocky. simple blocky simple artwork um which normally i don't really care for but i don't know i think they pulled it off really well with the show really good um, animation you know really yeah. good animation and i like the fact that there isn't like a shit ton of dialogue per episode mm-hmm. yeah um it's mostly action right and um which is always cool mm-hmm. um so the, the premise of the show is uh, Samurai Jack gets sent to the future by the the villain Aku. 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 Who is a goofy looking villain. <laughs> I'm actually right. not, not a huge fan of the villain. Um, he's all like mostly black. It's like a black figure. He has like a, a, a red a red beard and uh, like a, a green like green cheeks or something. I don't know. It's really, really weird. And um, uh, some of the other characters is Ashi, who is uh, a, a girl. I don't know like what her purpose is in the show. Like, I, like a lot of these characters, I, I'm not too sure what their roles are in the show. Cause like I said, I've only watched like, you know, a few episodes and haven't really gotten too much into it, but I wish I did. Yeah. Um, they have <clears throat> a, a Scotsman named, scotsman and he's like your, your typical you know scotsman you no know, he's like really really bulky he's, his he name's like, craig he's craig. craig the scotsman <laughs> um he's got the kills and everything and that's that's always a fun thing to see and uh the high priestess i don't know who the hell she is um dull samurai she's high though she's very yeah. high yeah um and <laughs> like one of the, the dopiest characters on the show has to be walrus the merchant he is so freaking dopey yeah he's like his his tusk is like 
Uh, one of his tusks is like is missing. It's like it has like a half a tusk or something. It has, it has like a full tusk on one side. Really, really goofy looking. Um, but yeah, I mean, not I've too much to say about the show. This guy before. Yeah, he's just really. Yeah, goofy. I've never seen him either. Really goofy looking. Um, uh, Samurai Jack was voiced by Phil Lamar. Oh yeah, uh, he was in uh, I think everything. Mad TV. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. Uh, but I think the first time I heard of him was in in Mad TV. And I remember um, him as, uh, you know, uh, John Stewart. The other from, John Stewart. The other John right, Stewart. Not the Daily Show, but John Stewart from Justice League. Yes. A.K.A. Right. Green Lantern. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done so much voice work. Oh, my yeah. God. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I've done ridiculous. a ton of, ton of voice work. And another uh, character is named uh, Demon Go, who kind of looks like, I, I want to say he kind of looks like a vampire, but he doesn't have a vampire head. His looks like his head is on fire. Kind of like uh, uh, what's your face from uh, the Little Mermaid, uh, that the villain in that movie. Ursula. What's her name? Ursula. Yes. Oh, which the, is the, like the, 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 the flames and everything. Shape. Yeah, the flames uh, and everything. I don't think Ursula has. Oh no, 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 not her. I'm no, no, not her. Uh, uh, from Hades, from uh, Hercules, the Disney. There you movie. go. Oh, Hades. Yes. There you go. Oh Hades. my God. I I've had quite the week. <laughs> it's okay. Underwater villains could have fire. I don't know. I'm. Pre- yeah, I was like, I, I remember yeah. Ursula. I don't remember fire. Fire. Yeah. For whatever reason, I pictured her with fiery hair. I don't know why, but her hair is kind of anyways, pointy. It is kind of pointy. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, she has that flowy white hair. I mean, it kind of yeah. looks like fire the way yeah. it yeah. goes around. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never liked Disney shit, so who cares? I, I, I really don't. It's, unless yeah. it's gargoyles. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that that's is just the best about one. it. <laughs> Although I did like the Lion King when it first came out, and I'm just yeah. like over it, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm over the Lion King. Disney. I'm over it. Fuck yeah. it. Over. <laughs> Fuck the Lion King. <laughs> Fuck the Lion King. Fuck it. Um, yeah. So Samurai Jack, I I totally agree, has long been on my list of shows that I wanted to go through, and I yeah. I remember the show actually came back around uh, recently, not only because of the new season, but also there was a uh, an extremely cool looking video game that came out yeah um, right it was called i think like samurai jack beyond the nexus or, or or battle through time no 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 that's that's the old one what the heck is oh yeah no no it's samurai jack battle through time it came out august of last year and uh yeah i read like very good things about it you know they said it was like a super solid action hack and slash game kind of like a devil may cry but it was like very faithful to the show faithful to the world mm-hmm. had a great art style like captured the show really well and yep. i was like oh damn you know i wish i wish i would appreciate that like i don't i don't think i would necessarily get well just appreciate it that appreciate yeah. it stupid but uh yeah <laughs> it's, I, not I think, it's not hard just like it fucking yeah. christ <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, what's really uh, cool yeah. what's really cool about it is like like you said i mean it's really really, really faithful to the show like not just like story wise and everything, but like graphically too. It's like it's like they they kept the ideas of the original show, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the styles and everything, but more three D. I yeah, guess the, like the more fuller. The art. I don't know how, how to describe like, it. Yeah, they, it, it looks like they just kind of rounded out everything that's like from the show, and it, not, nothing looks out of place. It just looks like okay, this is how this show would look if they adapted it to three D. Yeah, whatever. That's awesome. And honestly, I would like to see an actual show of that. 
Yeah, I know. It's a game. Yeah, like a, it would look like the Clone Wars or something, you know. Yeah, something random that we're. Totally I just not think talk about. that it makes no sense <laughs> that they haven't just fucking done the obvious thing, made a live action version of Samurai Jack starring Keanu Reeves. I mean, why would you not I mean, make that? Why not? It's right <laughs> you know, where, where there, right the fuck there is it? You want a role that doesn't talk a lot. That plays to that guy's strength. Did you see 47 Ronins? He was basically Samurai Jack. He was Jack. basically Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. Yep. I mean, come on. Come That's on. Just go do it. Make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. Very yes. Awesome. Samurai, Jack. Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. Rock on, Samurai Joe. Jack. Yeah. Good. Good addition. Good choice. I man. also really would like to see more of this show. Um, it's a bummer that it's a little bit tough to track down. I mean, you said it was on Prime, but you got to pay for it. Um, yeah, you got to so pay like HBO either the Max. whole season. I mean, if, if I was gonna, going to pay for it, I'd rather just buy the physical buy copy the physical, if yeah. it's available. Oh, yeah. So I guess yep. for, for those who have HBO Max, it is on there. But uh, yep. yeah, this is this is a show that I know a lot of people love. Very interesting look to the show. Not only are the drawings really simple, because this is, uh, I don't think you said it, but this is Gendy Tartakovsky, yep. who, who did Dex- Dexter's Lab. And he was, a you know, he worked on Powerpuff Girls. And he was kind of like the guy who sort of had the all the style for that era of, uh, mm-hmm. of Cartoon Network. But this, even even then, because uh, his, his deal kind of, I think, became... Uh, sort of motion over drawings like he was more about the action more about the way things moved and the animation and i actually uh watched part of an interview with him where he was actually talking about uh he started on batman the animated series and in that Mm. show he didn't yeah he wasn't credited uh i guess he worked in spain on some of the cleanup animation for that and he was like really young that was one of his first animation jobs Huh. And uh, he said he was very, very not confident in his drawing abilities. He said he was very much totally comfortable doing the animation. And uh, he just was very, very nervous trying to get all the drawings to be up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this was not done. That was a show that was not done on a computer. That was not digital. That was analog. Right. That was paper on, yep. you know, pieces of plastic i mean uh you know paint brushes you know actual animation cells on on what's it acetate yeah acetate yep acetate. yeah so yeah. like it's it's like this was this was the old animation style which i believe continued through most of powerpuff girls i i believe that that mm-hmm. was still yeah that was hand drawn uh, so at least the first season too. was yeah but anyway so like he always was like okay maybe my drawings aren't up to snuff but it's not going to matter because I can tell my stories anyway. And so he became a very good, uh, I think, I think of all the things that he's good at in general, I think he is a really good storyteller. He's Mm. very good at telling the story that he wants to tell in his way. It's always in his voice. It's always through his very simplistic lens. Like the, the look of whatever it is, is very simple, but um, it's, it's like, you sort of just kind of got to get past that. And I think that when this aired, I didn't like the look of it and thought it was probably cool, but I just didn't get into it. And I didn't have anything against it, Samurai Jack. Right. But, but, you know, I could tell, like, this is the kind of thing that I should love. Right. The drawings were yeah. better. I would I would have eaten that shit up. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was the same way. It's like I was just really yeah. iffy on it until I actually watched a couple episodes or a few episodes. Right. And, I mean, I liked what I saw. Right. It's just unfortunate. It's, 
slipped my mind every time it was on. Right. It was just yeah. like, you know, kind of our sensibilities were a little bit different, but uh, I think it's really great that he was able to carve out his little niche in the animation industry, which is not that little anymore. He's yeah, no, I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty so, damn uh, huge now, pretty, which is awesome. Cool. You know, he can, he can tell a story. He can paint a picture. His animation is very good. And uh, the shows don't necessarily represent well in a screenshot or a, you know, a still image. But if you watch the show, it's like, yeah. It's all about the movie. You're you're all in there. You're transported. Everything comes to life and it looks all about the animation and the way he like does his shots. He frames his cinematography is like remarkable, like better than most cartoons, especially for an action show. And what's also just sort of the last thing I'll say about Samurai Jack that I think is interesting is there are no outlines at all. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's just where colors meet, <clears throat> period. So you're yeah. not going to see the line of his jaw even go up to his ear. You're not even going to see that unless there's a shadow there. And then you're not seeing an outline. You're just seeing the, the shadow color. But most of the time, he didn't really do a lot of shadow colors uh, in this show. It, most of mostly it's just it's just flat. Everything's flat. Yeah. Um, but there are sometimes where like if there needed to be a sunset or something like that, you know, you'll see a shadow and it's like, oh, it looks like a sunset now. Like, you know, just funny. Yeah. But, right, um, right. but yeah, there's there's almost, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of clicking through and seeing there are some cases where he used outlines, but I would say that they're 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 pretty rare. I've, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of stuff where there's none. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. Just just part <clears throat> of the look. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Very interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Glad we got to talk about Samurai Jack. All right. Uh, Parasites Sven Simpson. Yes. Tell me about the show that you have chosen. <laughs> so I'm going to continue on with our Gendy Tartakovsky uh, little segment here and cool. go directly into a show that I really was turned off f- for at first and then quickly got over it because it was the property. And of course that is Star Wars colon Clone Wars, not the Clone Wars, which was the CG show that we just got a new final seventh season of or whatever yep. um, on Disney plus, but just Star Wars Clone Wars, Clone Wars. which uh, is on Disney plus as well. They just added it as a, as a part of the vintage Star Wars, um, which also includes the two Ewok movies, which were made for TV, the Ewok cartoon show, the best part, the only, part you really need to see of the holiday special which is the boba fett cartoon and also star wars clone wars so this was uh very samurai jack It's basically everything that joe said about samurai jack is true Mm. of this same sort of thing not a lot of talking not a lot of freaking talking in this there are whole episodes Mm -hmm. that go by and nothing is said and did you did you say something? No. Oh, okay. It is all no. about the action set pieces, right. and it is amazing. Mm. So at first, like I said, I, I it took me a little bit to appreciate it because I didn't like the drawings, but I just was able to get over it because it was Star Wars, and I just rewatched both seasons because they're pretty short. Um, they're just an hour each. This was a weird show. This was a micro show that played in between other shows. So uh, this was, um, yeah, as I said, developed by Gendy Tartakovsky for Cartoon Network. First aired back in 2003. Had three seasons total, total of 25 episodes. The first two seasons featured episodes that were only about three minutes long. Uh, so, weird. so weird. Um, weird. And season three, they expanded that. Um, 
they had only five episodes, but they were about 12 minutes long. So it's funny because the way that they broke it down on Disney plus is they have what's called season one and two instead of season one, two, three, it's like just season one and season two. And they've combined season one and two into one hour long episode. And then season two, which is really three is the same length. Huh? They're almost the same. It's like only off by like five minutes or something. It's very cool. So they're, they're both very short. They're, they are the most solidly action-packed Star Wars thing that exists, period. There's nothing else that is more, especially yeah, it's like, it's like, of, oh, are you sick of any of the, you know, political crap? Right. Well, then there's watch none this. of that. There's and none of that. Espe- no, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. So I was going to say, especially with anything dealing with the prequels, all that, like all that boring politic crap that Lucas thought for sure the fans wanted is like completely <laughs> not in this. Wrong it on. is literally just action. It's to the point where I think you could be a fan of this and not like Star Wars, just because it's such quality sci-fi action, period. You know, right. but you know, it's it's very Samurai Jack. So anyway, um, the focus of the series, uh, as I said, was action. So yeah, so it, it actually it really tried very very hard to work with the movies because this came out in between Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, and Episode Three. Um, so it was trying to make sure that it was as canon as possible. And unfortunately, because Lucas got a Lucas, it ended up, he was like, nah, no, nah, actually that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that first Clone Wars show, yeah, that, that, uh, that show is uh, actually uh, not canon. Uh, that's actually, uh, yeah, um, uh, that, uh, Jar Jar was uh, supposed to be the Jesus character of the uh, franchise. Um, so, but. Yeah, it was, uh, it tried. They tried really, really hard to get things in and they were working with the, the filmmakers. They were trying to like figure out what can we do? What can we debut? What can we preview that's going to come in in the next one? What can we follow that came just before? So what they were able to do is they they debuted uh, Anakin's long hair, his new do, which uh, we, we originally, for, which, you know, in the movies we see in the next one, Revenge of the Sith, episode three. Um, but they kind of make a big deal out of it because he stops, you know, he, he get, we get to see him become a Jedi Knight. He goes through the ceremony. They cut off his little puny Padawan tail and uh, he gets all badass and gets a new do. And it's kind of cool. He also gets a new lightsaber, which he loses at, at the end of episode two. Thanks to oh, Christopher Lee and uh, Count Dooku. Count and, uh, Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> Together we will destroy the Sith. Anyway, um, so also C-3PO, he debuts his uh, gold plating because before that he was just kind of a drab uh, brownish color. And uh, in the movies, we get to see him in episode three. He's suddenly got new plating. He's, he's his gold that we know and love. And uh, he actually gets it in this and they make a they make a reveal out of it. It's actually pretty funny the way it happens. Um, he shows up and, and he kind of catches Anakin and, and Padme in an alley and they're kind of like, you know, getting it on a little bit, but C-3PO is such a fuss bucket. So he has no idea what's going on. And he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then, and, and they're like, Oh, oh my <laughs> and they're like, Whoa, you look different. He's like, Oh yes. I, I you know where you work for a Senator, you have to look presentable. And so like, they're like, Oh, well, but he, but he was wearing like a, a cloak for some reason. 
like to hide. And he's, so he's wearing a cloak and they're like, well, well, come on then. Let's see it. He's Come like, on, out with it. And he goes, he's like, well, <laughs> I suppose. And then they do this like, bottom, bottom, bop, 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 bop. and he like strips and he like <laughs> throws his shoulders out and he's like, boom. It's kind of funny. Bedu, bedu, it's, it's, it's one of the only funny parts. There are so few of those throughout this, both hours of it. It's so fucking go, go, go balls to the wall action the whole time so this was like a, a funny moment but anyway it was cool it was there yeah. and also most importantly they reveal three really cool new villains debuted on this show one of which was um named dirge which is a character i loved and i guess they were gonna maybe take into the movies and then uh lucas uh got a lucas so he said he ended up saying no but he, he said really uh, cool. nay, nay 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 yeah <laughs> uh dirge was supposed to be the uh christ the jesus um so he uh he did not do that but he was a cool character he was a very like badass bounty hunter armed to the teeth he rode like a badass like you know land speeder bike with the freaking skull out on the front just like aura Singh technically had i don't know why they gave it to him too but anyway so he uh he was really cool and then what was neat is he fought obi-wan like a few times and uh then it was it was kind of like it seemed like he was dead and then it was revealed that like he's not what you think he is like he's a person shaped character but like uh i don't know he was like made of like i don't know tentacles or something he was made of like pink and purple like just strands of muscle oh weird so he wasn't really he didn't really have a skeleton he didn't have anything he was just like a blob thing made of like I don't know. It looked like pink and purple musculature, but, but he moved kind of like he was a blob thing. So it was neat. It was, you sort of got the impression that he was like this blobby thing that had crammed itself into humanoid into that suit. Yeah. Okay. And, but really could be any shape. And it was, it was cool. I, I liked him a lot. There was like, I don't know, three solid fights with him and all Obi-Wan was like a lot of what Obi-Wan got to do. That was cool in season one. Uh, and, and he actually went on to the comics and, uh, I don't, I have no idea. I didn't read any of the comics. I've seen some of the drawings and he looked amazing. That's cool. anyway. So, so that was dirge. They also debuted the character Asajj Ventress, who's a pretty big fan favorite character at this point, because she mm-hmm. went on to the clone wars, the CG show. And, and I mean, became a major character. She was a villain for so long and then she kind of turned. Yeah. She know, had a huge yeah, character. She, she was heel for a while and then she turned face and then she ended up, ended up being a good guy in the show. Um, but on the the original show on Clone Wars, she was super pure evil, and mm. she was a lot of what Anakin actually had to deal with. So you had Dirge for Obi Wan, and you had uh, 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 like bitch face Anakin. It's like oh my god, they made they made him as like his face. He's drawn like like his face. He has like the face of an ass pucker on this show. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, he's, he's so annoying. He's like so appropriately annoying. God, why do you look they, like they, I want to punch you in the face? They did not make him better, which they did make him better on the Clone Wars. But on this wow. show, like he is just, I mean, he got to do good stuff, especially in the later season. But like, uh, oh, God, he's such a whiny bitch. But anyway, so he um, he in this had a really cool fight with Ventress and uh, really kind of got really freaking dark there. And uh, she really got him pissed. 
And so you're seeing those shades of Vader that, you know, we were waiting two entire movies to see. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, I mean, apparently he showed some Vader stuff like for when he killed the sand people, but we didn't get to see any of that. So, right. right that was off screen. We don't need to see any of that stuff. It's fine. But um, so anyway, the final character was General Grievous, who is, of course, a major new character, new villain that was debuted in the movies for episode three. But he actually made his debut in Clone Wars and he was a he was treated like a pretty goddamn big deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he, like... he premiered at the very end of season uh, two, I believe it was like episode 20. And uh, he was incredible in the in the movie i was so excited for this character i love the look i still to this day yeah he looks awesome the look of general grievous he's this you know okay it's like the the pitch is so good it's like he's a droid general but he's not really a droid himself he is like the prototype vader he's a he used to be a guy of course he was an alien but he used to be a living creature. And then he, you know, his body was destroyed somehow. And, you know, he had a it's like bionic body. robotics to, to like keep him alive. Vader. So it's like, okay, I'm going into episode three thinking, oh, this is great. We're going to learn how Vader's body was. They don't even talk about it. It's like all that stuff was talked about before the movie was come out, movie was released, but like they didn't actually, that wasn't actually in the freaking movie. Like you can assume mm. that, but it's it's just dumb. And and so this is what Gendy said about, uh, about putting Grievous in this because really at the end of the day, they are two different characters. The one in the movie is goofy so goofy the one in the show is pure scary unbeatable like the most badass scary freaking thing ever and i just adore the version of grievous that's in this show agreed uh, yeah i mean even in the clone wars and like cg show he's goofy yeah they they did the movie version of, of yeah of him there but right. uh, and he's voiced by a different character too but so um <clears throat> what what gendy tarkovsky said was um he said that uh, some of his that when they were working on the show, uh, they were given some stuff. They were given drawings. They, they knew what he was supposed to look like. He was originally supposed to have a white cape. So he gave him a white cape. And then right before the freaking movie three went into theaters, George Lucas changed his mind. He's like, he's like, yeah, um, actually, we're going to change uh, General Grievous's cape. He's not gonna be uh, not gonna be white anymore. It's gonna be gonna be black on the outside and uh, red, red lining. We're gonna make that change. And there's actually one shot in Revenge of the Sith, unless they've gone and fixed it, because they do that. There was a shot that I had on the DVD where you could you could see he had a white cape. It was one no shot way. They, they screwed up and they they forgot to change. But in in the show, he has a white cape. So anyway, it's just Lucas like setting them up to fail like every freaking way to Sunday. But anyway, uh, so Tartakovsky says like he, he had the designs and some of his personality traits, though, had yet to be finalized. So George Lucas initially pitched Grievous to him and his crew. And what he said was he's supposed to be this. This is a direct quote right here from Tartakovsky saying that Lucas said he's this ruthless, totally capable Jedi killer. But later, and you're like, oh, as so, so they're like, oh, oh, this guy's serious. This guy's a total badass. 
But later, he ended up turning him into one of those old B serial villains who like does something bad, twirls his mustache, and runs off. <laughs> Which is really true. <laughs> my droids are so strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like he's so stupid. He sucks. Yeah, he sucks ass. So it's it's just such a bummer because I I this is this show reminds me why I was excited for that character. Right. I was so excited mm-hmm. for that character. I was ready to love that character, and I was very let down um, right. by the movie. But in the show, he really is really cool. And he's got a lot of like neat stuff with his body. His body is not really human like it he's got these very strange uh like reptilian legs he can walk up walls he can cling onto ceilings and his arms he has two arms to start with and then they separate down into four so it's he can have four lightsabers at once i mean he's so freaking so badass so yeah. formidable so it's such a bummer but hey you know what it's okay the show exists mm-hmm. so you know you can always go right. check it out and now it's available it's it watchable is. again uh, final thing on Grievous uh, was that in the movie, he has this weird cough, right? For some I reason, hate. he's just <laughs> he's just coughing the whole. It's like, what? Coughing. Like, why does he? What, he's, a, he's a cyborg. Like, why does he have a cough? And, and uh, there, there was no good reason for it. They never gave any reason at all. But in the Clone Wars, because the, the third season of the Clone Wars ended up airing after the movie came out, after the third movie came out. So they worked in this little story uh, beat about how right before, because episode three starts and uh, Grievous has kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine and he has him on his ship. So the movie starts with Anakin and Obi-Wan and all these characters like going to try to rescue Palpatine, who's of course secretly the emperor. But, you know, in the show, we see how Grievous actually uh, captured him. And it's absolutely awesome. But anyway, so he goes and uh, when just as he, he's on the ship and then he turns around and Mace Windu is there. Mace has spent like half of these episodes like trying to get across the city when he realizes what's, what's happening. And so he's been just trying to he's go, 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 going as fast as he possibly can to try to race there. He, he's realized that the true target is Palpatine. He's trying to get there. And uh, he gets there at the last like one second before they take off. And Grievous turns and looks and he sees Mace. Mace reaches up and he force crushes his chest. Mace Windu is so badass. He's such a badass. And so there, uh, Grievous coughs for the first time. And he's like, oh, damn, that's where it all came from. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know exactly why your robot lungs can can be crushed and you get a cough, but it's fine. It works. It's it's fun. It's it's a neat little origin for that thing that Lucas had no desire to actually explain. Just wanted it to be a weird character tick. Um, So that's it for that. Uh, Also, um, even I have to say, even with the three minute format of this show, they they really tried to take some of these cool background Jedi characters that were literally just window decoration to sell action figures. They, they, they had no purpose in the fucking movies ever. They were just on the council. They didn't say anything. You didn't get any close-ups. Um, it's just basically nobody talks on the council except for Yoda and Mace Windu and Kiati Mundi has like one line per movie. He's like, he's a guy with a tall penis head. But tall all penis the, head. He's, <laughs> Mundi is ribbed for your pleasure. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but the other, the other guys, they don't say a goddamn thing. So anyway, in this, they actually take 
some of the background guys and give them episodes. Granted, they were three-minute episodes, but those three minutes felt like a fucking eternity compared to the like the split second that they were on the screen in the movies, where you'd be like, "Oh, I like this figure. This guy's neat. Who's this guy? Oh." And and then like you're trying to like find him in the movie. It's like oh oh he's he's over there on that chair, or like in the uh, in Attack of the Clones. Some of the characters that they came up with were literally just in that battle scene. And if you pause it at the right time, they're like a fucking centimeter on the screen. They're so small. They're way in the right. Background. It's just ridiculous, you know. Um, so anyway, it was fun. Some of the notables are, as I mentioned, Mace Windu, he got a really amazing episode in the, uh, I think it was the second season where he got to just be a total badass by himself. It is just an exposition of how badass is Mace Windu. He took on an entire battalion of droids and this giant ship. And I mean, it was super cool. And at the end, there's this little kid who's watching the whole time and like Mace Windu, like is done beating everyone's ass because he's a badass motherfucker and he jumps onto this hill and there's this little kid and the kid's like hey mister and he does that like that ad from the the 80s with um where the kid like hands the athlete a coke you know and, and oh, okay. thanks kid i can't remember who the athlete was but like and that just yeah, totally yeah. happens the kid, the kid has a drink and he just hands him the drink and he ch- and mace is like he just takes it chugs it and he's like ah. And he smiles and hands it back to the kid. And then he's just off. It's like the most awesome thing. It's so great. So anyway, that's awesome. Also, Kit Fisto has a great underwater episode. We get to see a lot of underwater Jedi stuff. It's just really Mm -hmm. fun. He does like these big force bubbles. And um, they like shear off like major like spherical like pieces of the ships. Anything he throws it towards like just basically vanishes whatever it touches it's like crazy and also i love the way they did the lightsaber underwater it actually had a like the little glow no it it was like it wasn't a perfect beam it was kind of like wavy oh, and it was messed up it looked really cool neat um also uh kiati mundi uh rib for your pleasure had a couple parts but shock t if you're familiar with shock t she, she is uh the first togruta character that we saw and that is the same species as um oh my god her name just fell out of my head rosario dawson just played her on mandalorian uh yeah what's her uh, name though i just don't know fell out of my head i was i was waiting for you to <laughs> say it <laughs> like completely all i can think of is ayla sakura which is wrong no it's not um, ayla sakura she's the i know um uh so so okay this so is the most embarrassing it's ahsoka, tano. It's ahsoka, ahsoka tano. tano so ahsoka tano is the same species that red red and white sort of face with the the long like head tails that are striped black and white and stuff like that so shock t was the first one and she's like blinking you miss it you can't even see her unless you pause the freaking attack of the clones battle sequence so anyway she gets she it basically turns into the shock t show for like almost all of season three it's it's insane she gets so much to do the whole sequence with Grievous trying to capture Palpatine. She is the head Jedi that is trying to save him. And uh, they came up with a couple other alien Jedis that are all fun. Uh, both of them are characters from or, or species from the Mos Eisley Cantina, which is fun. And, uh, and anyway, like she's great. Like she does so freaking much. And uh I just cannot believe all that they gave her to do. So some of the other guys got like these neat three minute things. She gets like, oh, like, like a half an hour of Shakti, like at least. 
Mm. It's Shaq to your sister. It's, it's, it's super great. So anyway, I'm done. It's a fun show. But hell yeah, very it's action, an awesome show. Yeah. Very action-packed. Um, definitely, if you've never seen it, um, like even if you've seen The Clone Wars, this is just so incredible. Right, like watch this if you're even mm. just curious about and Star you, Wars stuff right. or anything. And it's all, you know, both seasons are on, uh, you know, all three seasons are cut down to two on Disney+. Plus. And honestly, they really work well. The way that they cut them together, they feel they feel great. I, I very, very much enjoyed watching these again. So I yeah. haven't seen them in a long time, like more than a decade. And they've held up. Absolutely held up. Like, with, like and then some. It's like some of the Hell parts yeah. are better than I remembered. And even, even Anakin with his little ass pucker face, like he, got, <laughs> he gets better. And uh, he does have a really fucking cool, like his, his final thing in season three that he's doing uh, when Shakti is doing her thing, he's got this whole mission on this planet and it is so interesting, so different, not just a thing that we've already seen, but a slightly different take on it. It's like, no, no, no. They gave him a great, he, he, there's like a, a like a novella in there. You could write a fucking complete story about his mission that he had to do. And it's awesome. So and he does that's it shirtless. Awesome. He does it shirtless. So I mean, shirtless and with if long that's your hair. thing, I mean, you know, McDreambo Annie, he is yeah. here for you. He is waiting. Yeah, go watch it. And as uh, much as he has an ass pucker face, in when he has the shorter hair, he does sort of look exactly like Dean from Supernatural. And I mean, people like Dean. I like Dean. I love I like Dean too. Dean's a cool guy. You know, but it's just kind of funny with his hair and everything. I'm like, it's but it's Dean. <laughs> it's Dean. I kind of hate him, but it's Dean. Anyway, it's it's Dean. So I guess I kind of like him. I can tolerate him at least. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like Dean. Yes, master. <laughs> I'm so butthurt all the time. Sounds like a Tauntaun dying. That's that's my, <laughs> that's my Anakin. Or a Tauntaun <laughs> taking a massive dump. <laughs> yeah, that's a Tauntaun. <laughs> Taking a dump. Change that Tauntaun's diapy. Diapy needs to get wipey. Am I right? <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right, man. That was uh, that was a lot of Star Wars. Um, awesome. We we are pretty much through our first half of the episode here. Uh, we you know. We're going to take a, a short break, but before we do that, we have something for you to octoponder. And, uh, and yeah, guys, so uh, this was something I posted this, this morning, uh, and, and to all of you Retroids, and to you now, I, I asked you to octoponder this. If you could create an original show on Cartoon Network slash Toonami slash Adult Swim, what would it be? I said, I want you to get creative. Think of an original character, what their name would be, what they'd be based on, what the premise of the show would be, and a rough idea of the art style. Uh, I know I'm asking for a lot here, but I think that y'all are up to the task. You Retroids are fantastic. So uh, so yes, that's the actor part of this question. Um, so we are going to give our answers when we return, but right now we are going to go on a short break. So stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method 
that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> Hello, this is Terrell Whitlatch. I am the lead creature designer for The Phantom Menace, among other things. And you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right. Retroid ladies and joins animated cohorts of all shapes and sizes. Welcome back to the Retro Doctor Persephone podcast. Uh, before we take a break, we ask you to come up with your own Cartoon Network show, create a character, give us a premise, rough art style, what have you. Uh, and so we've now had some time to ponder this. Uh, so, so, so we want to hear from, uh, from everybody. So we're going to start with ourselves and then we're going to pass it off to, uh, to our retroids. Uh, so, uh, Parasite Steve, what do you got? Okay. Since I just talked for an hour, uh, I'm going to go be super, <laughs> super quick. I'm going to stick with, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky style. And I'm just going to say, do what you did for Clone Wars, but give me Firefly. I'm sure all cool. the actors would come back and do voices here and there. Um, you know, that's all. I think it'd be great. That's cool. Yeah, that would be that'd be a good time. Uh, Nintendo, do you have so? One, so this is like a original, all original stuff created yes. by us, right? Okay. So well, I, I clearly do- just broke the rules, but that's that was my answer. It, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So I, I guess. Um, I'm gonna do a. Uh, I'm gonna cop out uh, and say uh, my my own character that I had for the past twenty plus years, and that is actually my mascot from my YouTube channel. Um, I I call him Jericho, and I guess uh, I would have the art style kind of like I want to say gargoyle style. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. And uh, I kind of based him off of me like if i wanted to be a superhero this is what my character would would look like because he's all he's like all blue um he's got blue and teal he's got like a, a red jewel on his head he wears like a a, a helmet or a mask with uh horns like kind of inspired by batman but they're a little bit more uh extreme than batman's uh horns um or bat ears or whatever. Um, and he has uh, these, these claw like things that coming out that come out of his forearms and they kind of like extend a little bit or, or a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, 
uh, what the show would be about, I honestly have no idea. Uh, maybe fight uh, aliens or 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 alien demons or or something. I don't know. Or demon aliens. Or demon I mean, aliens. I don't know. Or whatever. So yeah, that that would be uh, my my show. Cool. I, I don't know what 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 I would actually call the show. Yeah. Um. Although I did uh, secretly would <laughs> I wish that we had our own cartoon show called The Tribellion that uh uh that we had like years ago uh, with uh, Steve's character and, and my cousin's character. Um. Yeah, I think I think that would have been a fun show. Sweet. You should post a picture of uh of post Jericho. A shirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah post the shirt. Uh, yeah, go, go yeah. the whole, you know, do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, awesome, fun. Uh, so, fun. so fun stand. So, my idea for a show, I want the show to be called Investigator, and I want the main character to be <laughs> an alligator gumshoe that operates out of Florida, and every episode would be investigating different real-world headlines for Florida man does whatever. Like Florida man, insert ridiculous like oh fucking this, thing this here. Is amazing! This is an amazing, amazing <laughs> idea. Because so many of the uh, like the CSI shows or whatever pull their stuff from actual headlines, mm-hmm. and so I think yeah. it would be super fun to have like a cartoon do a similar kind of gumshoe investigating thing, but have it be super ridiculous and zany, and have it just be all of those Florida man headlines. I think it would be like just a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, I don't know, for an art style, I was having a hard time deciding, like, I can definitely picture him being kind of blocky style, kind of like a Dexter's Lab sort of vibe. Um, but I also think, um, for those of you that have seen, um, oh, what's the show? Why, why is everything leaving my brain? <laughs> uh, Gravity Falls. Yes. Uh, for those of you who have seen Gravity <laughs> Falls, uh, that art style i think would work because there's a lot of like naturey kind of stuff in there too obviously very different vibe than florida um but yeah the everglades and and going through uh you know florida man attacked during selfie with squirrel and he would be like well what's the squirrel up to you know what's that squirrel doing uh you know where, where, where's the squirrel coming from oh he's actually from this crime syndicate that attacks people who take selfies like i don't know it would be freaking hilarious can, can uh can one of the villains be an, uh, an evil alpaca called alpocalypse <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> absolutely every day uh yeah he's got big like al capone lips <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah see yeah yeah, yeah. apocalypse yeah apocalypse right? and you have these big slappy lips right yep. <laughs> big slappy lips. <laughs> <laughs> big slappy or sloppy slappy like every A time slappy. he says something would like slap slap like awesome guys cool that was that was fun um and uh, and so now i will read some of the uh, submissions that we had on facebook so i gave you guys all of today um to send some stuff in so i got a few responses which is super cool thanks everybody um so we got to start off. We have Phil Conti. He says, uh, what I want to see is a compilation show like the Hanna-Barbera's World of Super Adventures, but with all different 80s cartoons and like five minute shorts and maybe have them cross over. So like Rainbow Bright is having a picnic near a stream and then the Decepticons start harvesting Energon from a nearby waterfall. And then there's cute chaos that ensues or like maybe He-Man helps the guy from the from Mask with something and, you know, 
use your imagination. Yeah. So sure. You know, I think that could be a lot of fun. Having a mashup of those kind of older shows would be a good time. Yeah. Uh, Reagan Mackenzie Riggles. Uh, he was, he, you know, he was between some ideas, but he said that, you know, for sure he would narrow it down to, he wants to do a black and white gritty noir anime, uh, which is something that I think is, has a lot of potential. I've seen a few anime that are in the style of gangster noir kind of vibe and they're pretty cool. It's a breath of fresh air from all like the superhero punching and, and slice of life stuff that we often get. Um, so that's cool. Uh, we had a submission from Daniela Marie Park. Shout outs to Daniela. We used to work together. Teehee. How's it going? Uh, mm-hmm. So she said that she used to write short stories about a young warrior girl who lived on a floating island called Dragonia. And her dragon was black and called Shadow. And they were put in charge to make sure that their civilization was protected from the dragon killers. Lol, I was like 16. Haha. Ha. So thanks for sharing that though. That's super fun. I mean, that could make yeah. a really cool show. I feel like there's been, you know, things similar to that on Netflix and whatever. So that would be that would be really cool uh to mm. see that put into practice. Uh and then the the like biggest submission that we got. Oh, uh shout outs to uh Birkir Fanar. Uh he didn't he didn't put a submission, but he's out there fishing for salmon right now. So I'm just gonna say that his suggestion would be a you know, fisherman who fishes for salmon in the snow and is just an all-around cool dude. So, I mean... He's constantly covered in snow at all times. Constantly covered in snow. That's his character. Permafrost in your beard, (laughs) regardless of the temperature. (laughs) And his best friend is Viking rock god Val Halen. Val Halen. (laughs) I like Val Hagar better. (laughs) (laughs) Shut your goddamn mouth. All right. Uh, so uh, so we had a submission from Sierra Jameson, who is a dear friend and BFF wifey to my significant other, my girlfriend. Uh, they've been friends forever and ever. So Sierra, uh, she, she gave us a little novella here. So I'm going to just read through this. So buckle up. Uh, she says that she envisioned, a, uh, she kind of had a dream regarding her daughter in this scenario. And this would be the pitch for the show. Teenage girl who's autistic and in the foster system, but is recently selectively mute. She never got adopted because of this muteness. She was always high functioning, but able to get by past the age of 10 and didn't need services anymore. The focal point of the show would be that from her perspective, social norms make absolutely no sense. Eye contact, boundaries, proper ways to enter conversations, etc. She can't express herself through spoken language, but she uses a tablet to express concepts. When things get overwhelming, static noise is heard so loud that it becomes silence. She tries to hold on. What? Jeez, I hit like the space bar and lost everything. Um, Where to hate go? that? Come back. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, she lives in a crowded house with four other foster siblings, each in varying ages from six to 21. Um, she is the newest and was taken in because her mom was best friends with the foster mom. The girl's mom passed away. This is why she has become completely mute. She and her mom only had each other until her mom died. The show would follow the girl as she turns 14 and discovers that she has a power. She's a dreamwalker. At night, she has the power to enter others' dreams and see their memories. She begins to do this with her foster siblings, and this is how she begins to uncover their individual stories and make connections with them in the waking world. The key points here is that her reality is in black and white. When she dreams, it's full color and she can talk. Social cues are easier to understand and things are fantastical flying and moving around. No one remembers her being in the dream intentionally upon waking up, though they do remember her vaguely. 
She tries to use these, these realizations to make actual connections in the real world, but there are things that she shouldn't know. With the youngest sibling, this goes over great. With the oldest sibling, they are suspicious and lash out. This causes the girl to withdraw into herself, but it gets better. As the episodes go on, the better her connections to the siblings go, the more color enter her waking world's visage. In the final episodes, you would finally cover her story, uh, her connection with her mom, leading after her mom's death and afterwards, and it all coincides to her building relationship with her foster mom slash mom's best friend. She can never truly communicate her powers because to her, it's completely normal and doesn't need to say anything about it. The fact that she knows things she shouldn't can be directly related to an aspect of ASD, being fixated and observant. She gets the family she always wanted, and in the end, her waking world is in full color. She has little more functional language, but is but still is able to use her tablet mostly. The title of the show would be Gone, and she thinks that this art style would be in line with Steven Universe. I think that's hmm. fucking incredible. Yeah, I think that's like an insanely awesome idea for a show for representation of a group that's pretty, pretty unrepresented in shows or cartoons in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the concept of her, you know, introducing more color to her real reality through experiencing the full color, you know, dream world Mm -hmm. of these people that she lives with. So awesome. Sierra, that was really yeah. friggin' cool. Thank you so uh, much for for typing all of that. Even I know, like, yeah, really. I know, I know. I mean, really, it's definitely it's like, like the the most detailed answer we've ever gotten on any offer for anything this year. by far, by yeah. far. I mean that that takes the cake. So thank you so freaking much. That is awesome, and I'm glad that I was able to, you know, able to have that exposed here because that's yeah. you know that's a cool ass idea. I hope I hope you do something with that someday. Yeah, that's a cool um, ass. It is a cool ass <laughs> idea. Idea. Cool ass. Just talking okay. about Shaft. <laughs> I'm just talking about Sierra's cool ass idea. <laughs> I mean, she's got a cool ass. You know, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's not that's not out of line. Um, great. So, I mean, that's everything for what we got. Um, you know, for our Octoponders. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Yeah. And if any of you still want to participate or come up with something, I mean, you can feel free to message us on Facebook. Um, you can also, you know, shout us out at Twitter. You could email us at redoctopus at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, leave us a review or a rating on our host site. Just search for Pinecast Retro Redoctopus on Google. We will come right up. Uh, so thank you all again for those awesome ponderings. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Let's Yo. get back to the show, everybody. All right. Yeah. So here's here's the dealio, right? So I have yeah. I have one show. We all have one show. I don't need to explain this part of it. Y'all, y'all get it. I, I know you do. Um, so I will start and then we'll just do the same rotation that we did before. So we have right here. Show number two for me is The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. And uh, this is a show that is not often talked about. This is from 2008 to 2010. Uh, It was a show created by, man, this is a name. Like we've had Gendy Tartakovsky and then we have Thurup Van Orman. (laughs) His first name is Thurup, like T-H-U-R-O-P. Hmm. Thurup. Thurup. It's like it's like saying the word syrup, but with like a, a th sound. <laughs> thurup. Thurup. Um thurup. excuse me. Can you I, pass the thurup? Can you pass the maple thurup? 
So that's, a, <laughs> that's the best way to pronounce his name. Um, so Thurpin Orman uh, created the show. He notably worked on many things as well as a storyboard artist and a writer for Powerpuff Girls, which is fun. I didn't even know that there was a connection between these two shows before I started looking into it. Uh, the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack uh, ran for three seasons and a total of 46 episodes or 91 segments. Uh, they did the same thing as Powerpuff Girls uh, to 11-minute segments per episode. Uh, there was character main character was a flapjack who was voiced by Thurup. Uh, he's a naive young boy who was raised by a big mama whale named Bubby. Uh, and Bubby was voiced by Roz Ryan, who I am not familiar with, but she is all kinds of sassy and wonderful and just a ton of, ton of fun. Uh, flapjack is also mentored by a crusty old pirate named Captain Knuckles. Uh, and he is voiced by Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> which is crazy. Nice. I never I never knew that. Uh, each episode of the show takes place in the pierside city of Stormalong Harbor as the trio search for the legendary Candied Island, an island made entirely of candy. Uh, Stormalong has a great variety of often bizarre shops, including a bar that serves candy instead of alcohol, which is called the Candy Barrel. Uh, the city itself is quite dystopian. Uh, it has a high level of crime and loitering. And there's only really one form of law enforcement, which is the dock hag and uh, her small police force. Uh, there are also other crazy characters throughout the show, the likes of Peppermint Larry and his candy wife, uh, who own and run the local candy store, the Candy Barrel. Uh, yeah, so, so Peppermint Larry is a man and Candy Wife is literally like a stop motion construct made out of candy. She's, she's not a, she's not alive. He is married to a, like a model of a woman built out of candy. Um, just, just it, to make sure it was, that's... it was actual stop motion. It wasn't like animation. It, right. I mean, it, it wasn't was that, a drawing. Well, yeah. When they would switch to it, it would be actual stop motion because the show was like famous for doing that Ren and Stimpy thing. Right. Where like, sometimes it would be like the thing SpongeBob sometimes does Yeah, where it goes it, like super detailed, scary looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It definitely looking things, did yeah. like the creepy over the top detailed animation. Like uh, I was watching it with Stephanie and, and there was a few shots where we were like, Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I kind of like this show, but I really don't think I would have watched it much because of like, the random gross out shit that they do. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. It definitely does a lot of weird random gross out shit. Um, there's also a, a character whose name is Dr. Barber. Uh, his full name is Dr. Julius Barber. Uh, but he was the, he is literally the only doctor and barber in storm along Harbor. <laughs> so he's just <laughs> Dr. Barber. And if you go in the left door, he's a doctor. And if you go in the right door, he's a barber. And he has this like very specific way of talking. He's like, Mm, I see that you've come into my store. Mm, you want a haircut, little boy? Mm, okay, well, sit down and have yourself a seat. Oh, you're looking for a doctor? Oh, mm, please go next door and sit down there, and I'm sure the doctor will help you. Mm. And it's just like, he, he always does that little, like, mm, thing, and it's so weird. He's like the creepiest fucking guy, and his teeth are so weird. They're like a bunch of, like, very small eggs. Like, all of that, like, he has a ton of gums, like, like five inches, like six inches of gums. And then, like, all of these this little row of these, like, tiny little white egg teeth. Oh, God, he's so creepy. Um, and he's also a certified candyologist, you know, 
because you need one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, uh, he's he's very unsettling. His driving ambition is to perform surgery on and give haircuts to as many people as possible. Period. It's unclear whether his drive is to perform surgery is motivated by his desire to help his patients or just caused by a terribly sadistic nature of wanting to perform surgeries. Uh, yeah. Um, there's also a, a girl named Sally Syrup, uh, and she's a, she's a young lass who sells seashells by the seashore, and uh, she is a not-love interest for Flapjack. There's an episode where he seems to have a crush on her, and every time he would see her, these little hearts would pop out above his head, and uh, Captain Knuckles and Peppermint Larry would collect the hearts that were popping out of, out of his head and sell them because because they thought they were candy they were like candy hearts and uh it turns out that the sweethearts that were coming out of his head were actually blood gnats which dr barber reveals to the entire candy barrel as like everybody is in the middle of eating them so that's gross um (laughs) (laughs) like honestly bottom line is this show is just weird and gross but it's also just it like i the the biggest nag against the show for me is that flapjack's laugh they i don't know if they think it's really funny but it's super grating on purpose but it's never actually funny it's just genuinely grating um so it's like the spongebob thing but just actually bad um but it's it's got a lot of really good humor and a lot of great moments and it's just like it i don't know it it hits enough of the jokes that i i think i you know enjoy going through it and watching through a whole season um the, the reason really why I chose this show is because so many of the themes, the humor and the style of this show inspired future shows that would come out on Cartoon Network and a lot of the things that would be you know produced by the similar teams. Mm-hmm. Um, co-creators and writers and storyboard artists that worked on Flapjack have gone on to make uh, shows such as Adventure Time, The Regular Show, Gravity Falls and Over the Garden Wall. Uh, they all, you know, were people who worked on Flapjack. And so when you watch these shows, you, you, if you go back to Flapjack, you go, wow, I see so much of all of these different shows that like the ideas were tested here. Yeah. And, uh, and it was really funny because when I, when I was watching it with Stephanie, she was like, this was the Sega Genesis of those ideas. (laughs) Right. 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 This was the, the Genesis. Stephanie, uh, when when we were watching it, she was like, man, she's like, I remember the show. She's like, but so much of the show is reminding me of Gravity Falls and like regular show or whatever. And I was like, well, it's funny you say that because so I thought that was neat. You know, like you can really see where a lot of these ideas got started. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's got a lot of fun, like pirate themes. It's it's an adventure show. Like every episode is various different adventures going to different islands and different things are happening. There's different visitors to Storm Along Harbor. You know, some of them are pretty mundane. There's not anything specific that happens. It's just kind of funny. But, you know, every episode for the most part has like an adventure that goes on. I mean, they, they make a big running gag of like Flapjack just randomly yells adventure. Like when anything happens, you know, Captain Canuckas would be like, all right, we're going to go to the bank and he's like uh it's an adventure and then flapjack's like adventure and they just go but it's you know everything has to be an adventure uh and uh yeah it's it's good it's a good show it's on hulu you can check it out and uh and let me know what you think about it marvelous misadventures of flapjack yes 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 uh so i'm gonna pass things off over to my guy nintendo yeah guy 
Talk to me. Yeah, guy. My next show is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yes. yes. Such a random idea for a show. They take this character, Space Ghost, who I don't think was very popular in the 60s. I don't know, but it's really weird to have a superhero with his own talk show. Right. It right, is like so the, the pretty concept, Like I had never heard of Space Ghost until Space Ghost Coast. Yeah, it's it's not like he wasn't popular. He had his day. It's just by, yeah. by the mid-90s or late 90s, whenever this started, uh, he hadn't been in use in like 20 years, pretty much. Right. 15 mm-hmm. years. I think the last time they produced new episodes for Space Ghost were, I think it was like the late 70s, early 80s. There was like a resurgence um where they took some of those old pulpy shows that i was talking about like herculoids and stuff like that they took some and they gave them new episodes and i think space ghost was one of them but he was actually the flagship like i think most successful of those characters that they made up in the 60s um of that like pulpy superhero we're gonna create a bunch of our own characters run because before that it was like yogi bear type stuff and there was like a million of those like in the 50s. So it's like Yogi Bear and Snagglepuss and Huckleberry Hunt and all those guys. And then that gave way to like in the 60s, there was like that weird, all the drawings were really serious looking and whatever. But they just had their day and had been in essentially oblivion for decades. So they're like, well, we have these characters. We're not doing anything with them. Let's do right. something weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, what's really cool about the show is that they use the actual cell animations from the old show and they just kind of like repurposed them for this talk show. I just thought that was really cool. Hey. And, um, uh, it's, it's more, it was more like, um, like more like an, an interview type show. I want to say yeah, right, it was, like it was a, a chat show, a chat mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And, uh, think of like, you know, when we're now would do his, uh, his so-called interviews where you like take, already existing interviews and kind of like making it to his own and right, uh right but but like uh but with this show it's completely original like the the interviews are original uh they have like video footage of the guests on on a tv um like uh like with susan powers and the bgs and whatever and it was just really really cool it was, it was a very funny show um some of the characters uh, you have Moltar, uh, Brack, who is probably my my favorite. I thought he was like mm-hmm. he was the funniest one on the show because just the way how how he talked. Yeah, you guys just... got some beans. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's a hole in my heart in the shape of Mister Pockmacall. That was from the Brack show. Oh, yeah, I he's, love the he spun show. off. He spun off. He was very popular. Yeah, uh, Lokar, Tansit, and uh, Chad Ghostall, who is basically just Chase Ghost with a goatee. Chad Ghostall. <laughs> what the hell? Chad, Chad Ghostall. Yes. I, th- I thought what was funny about the, the interviews was that like they clearly were interviewed for this show, but I think that they just fucked with the footage and like edited yeah. it weird so that there was these all these pregnant, uncomfortable pauses. Yeah. Like I, I also felt like they probably didn't ask the exact same questions that Space Ghost was asking. Maybe it was similar. Right. Yeah, like it was it was yeah, just it was really different weird. enough. 
So it really was its own sort of entertainment value. There was nothing else quite like it in the same way that like MST3K was like, it's it's like, this is something that doesn't exist. This is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very different. I, I, I like the show a lot. Very funny. No, it's on, it's on YouTube. You can watch full episodes on YouTube. It's very, very bizarre, but I don't know. I like it. I like it. It's too. really good. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'd appreciate that show a lot more yeah. these days uh, as well. Cool beans. Go yeah. beans. Yeah. And of course, uh, Harvey Birdman spun off of this. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. And it was a just, lawyer. it was a, like a lawyer, a lawyer procedural show, but he spun off of this. But that was, that was fine because it was pretty popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I time. loved the I loved the show in college. Uh, I had roommates, and I would would we certain roommates like we would just watch this all the freaking time, and and the segments of like you know tsunami with Moltar. I remember that too. It was mm-hmm. like really really funny. Yeah, super fun. All right, awesome. Parasite, Yo. Steven, talk to okay. me, my man. All right, I will endeavor to talk less. Uh, this <laughs> show uh, is um, one of my all time favorite superhero shows ever all time like absolutely amazing show up there with uh batman in the animated series and justice league and any any great superhero show you could name uh this is young justice and this, this was developed laboratory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Just> oh, <kidding>. <laughs> uh, this was developed by brandon vietti and greg wiseman who oh. of course is of gargoyles fame i mean I mean, come, come on. on, come on. Greg come Wiseman on. has uh, done a bunch of shows over the years, including Spectacular Spider-Man and a bunch of good stuff. Uh, like he, his thing is not like he's not. His, the drawings are not Greg Wiseman. It's just a, he's a writer, so it's not like you okay. can look at the thing like with Getty Tartakovsky and be like, and go, oh, it's Greg him. Wiseman, right? But the sh- so like the shows tend to have really good writing that have long arcs and stuff like that. And this show, oh my god, did it ever do that? First aired in 2010, it got two seasons in its original run, but was picked up seven years after the cancellation of the after the second season, and uh, it aired a third season on the DC Universe Network, which of course doesn't exist anymore and has been absorbed by HBO Max. So it's all there. And I don't know if they're going to make a fourth season or not, but um, they made a third one, which is pretty random, but I have not gotten to see it. So I'll just talk about a little bit about the first two seasons. Um, so basically you're following a lot of, um, this, you know, it's D- DC Comics, a um, lot of different like younger characters, like the Robins, the sidekicks sort of characters. And there is a, a comic book series called Young Justice, uh, but this is not really, I guess, very closely related to that per se. Okay. Um, there are some like, you know, Teen Titan type characters in here. There are some actual Teen Titan characters from the cartoon show. But unlike Teen Titans, which was, uh, you know, very much a like Cartoon Network style, bizarre, absurdist comedy series. Um, I mean, this this was very serious. This was an incredibly serious show. The drawings were the best drawings I think I've ever seen on a cartoon. That's like a syndicated show. I, I mean, real. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, this uh, right up there, right? I mean, probably the best. Yeah, I, so I, I think damn good. it's excellent. Yeah, it's better. It's it looks better than some of their like standalone movies they were releasing. Um, the, the like the Bruce Tim verse, like those direct mm-hmm. DVD yeah. 
DC movies. Like some of them did not look as good in my opinion, as young justice did for some freaking reason. Um, so uh, season one's team uh, consisted of the, the leader was Aqualad uh, was Calder was his name. And uh, he was a, he was a black character. It's really cool. He was a character who did exist in the comics way back in the day. And they, they, um, you know, they made him black for the show. It was pretty cool. And he was actually my favorite character on the show, even though his name is Aqualad, which is oh. right. Objectively a terrible <laughs> name, but uh, it's not his fault. And, you know, Hey, you know, most people just called him Calder anyway. So uh, then we had Robin, who was the Dick Grayson, Robin um, kid flash, which was the Wally West character. Also, we had Superboy, who is a clone of Superman, Miss um, Martian, and a character called Artemis, who was like a Green Arrow type girl um, who didn't really have anything to do with Green Arrow, technically, although she was green and they were, you know, and she had arrows and stuff. But I don't know. She wasn't she didn't actually know him, I don't think. Or maybe maybe she huh. did. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe he was like. Maybe she was like his new protege or something, but she ended up having a crazy backstory. A lot of people had crazy backstories. That was the thing. They, they had episodes that were just episodes and they had massive season long arcs and each season was very, very different. So granted, there's only the two originally, but they even renamed the show for season two. It actually was called Young Justice colon Invasion. Actually, season three uh, was called season three was a uh, Young, Young Justice, Justice. Colon invasion. That sounds intrusive. It was called colon outsiders. (laughs) Yeah, it was colon. I know. It's like it's serious stuff. Colon invasion. I mean, the aliens are obsessed with butts. Get out of my colon. I don't know what their deal is. Aliens, you guys. They really need a new hobby. But anyway, yeah. uh, So like. You know, season one ends on this like insane cliffhanger with the Justice League because the Justice League characters were in it. Like, you know, it's mostly the younger characters, but it was all about them like starting this new team of like the sidekick team and the grownups didn't really know what to think about it. And at first they didn't want them to do it and then they were going to do it anyway. And then they sort of proved themselves. So it's like, all right, fine, you guys can do it, but we're going to try to like basically be your teachers and try to help you succeed. So, you know, you had some episodes with Batman and it, of course there was also uh, black Canary was one of their teachers for a little bit. Um, and also the red tornado was in a couple episodes like that. And uh, they actually had in season one anyway, um, the character of uh, was originally captain Marvel, but like today he's just kind of known as Shazam from the, like the Shazam movie, that character. Um not not Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. The other Captain Marvel. Right, right. The other Captain Marvel. <laughs> the the Billy Batson Captain Marvel. He was actually on the show. Uh, he was, I think, in two episodes, and he was voiced by Rob Lowe. And he was great. He had such a he had such a great it was such a great take on on Captain Marvel slash Shazam, Shazam, whatever you want to call him. Um, because originally the freaking wizard was named Shazam, the wizard who gave him his powers. He wasn't Shazam. And then they're like, well, everybody just calls him Shazam. We'll just change his name. We're just going to change it to Shazam. It's like on. if you called the, you know, everybody calls him Frankenstein. We'll just call the monster Frankenstein now. He's Frankenstein now. <laughs> you don't have to worry about forever. saying Frankenstein's monster. We'll just change the name because everybody calls him that anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so then season two, uh, like, you know, there's this crazy cliffhanger and season two starts and it's five years later and you never get to see firsthand what happened with that cliffhanger but it happened so 
you get dribs and drabs as the episodes go of stuff that, you know, repercussions from that, but you never get to firsthand see, because guess why? It's not the freaking justice league show. Mm -hmm. You are seeing what happened back here and them dealing with the, you know, the fallout of all that, that shit. And it's pretty cool. So, and the, the team totally changes. Uh, Aqualad is off the team. He has gone dark. They think he's gone villain. Uh, he found out that his dad was actually Black Manta and he's with Black Manta now. So they're like, they, you know, he's the big traitor. And now Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson is now Nightwing instead of Robin. He's now the leader. There's also new characters, Blue Beetle, uh, Impulse, which is like the, because Kid Flash retired and uh, Impulse is another speed story. He's Bart Allen, Barry Allen's uh, son from the future. It's also uh, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. Uh, his character Wonder Girl, uh, Static from the Static Shock show, we might remember from oh, neat. Uh, from Kids WB, Kids WB, and uh, you know comics. Uh, so pretty cool. Static's on the show. Um, Arsenal, who is uh, Green Arrow's actual like original sidekick from the comics, was this character named Speedy, and I loved that they actually made a joke. Like one of the character, one, one of the other characters was like wait wait who, who who's who's your hero and he's like green arrow and they're like but your name's speedy aren't you with the and your your color is red aren't you with the flash and he's like no right. no i'm not i'm i'm it's green arrow trust I'm me the green arrow like, that's it. that doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> this is like the best it's like nope uh, you're right just it doesn't said it like come on just at least you said it right uh and there were there were some other characters guardian bumblebee some characters i i i was introduced to on this show um pretty cool but the villains were totally different villains than first season we had this alien invasion plot and it all tied into the character of the blue beetle in a really really amazingly interesting way um uh really really love the show um i really love the show and i love the characters they introduced there was more than just the blue beetle you actually got to meet the green beetle who was actually a, a martian like john jones oh that's awesome and yeah. he was a martian who had one of the, like the robot suits, just like the blue beetle, but he, his was green. He was the green beetle. And then there was also a black beetle and he was voiced by Kevin Grievous, the big black dude from underworld who the guy who talks like, I can't even do it. He's, he's got, he's like, he talks in vocal fry. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. He's like the deepest voice known to man. It's just vocal fry. But uh, he's also the guy who wrote the first underworld movie. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Huh. He has a he has a comic book company. He's a he's a like incredibly talented dude. It was like I I think he was gonna be like a he's like Dolph Lundgren. He's this big scary guy like looks wise, but he's super intelligent. And he was gonna be like an I don't know biochemist or something or astrophysicist. I don't big know. dudes can to be smart dudes. But, but then he uh, <laughs> he's a, yeah and uh, and he. That's cool, uh, though. And he became a, a writer and he does comic books and stuff. But anyway, in movies. But so anyway, he was the voice of uh, the Black Beetle in this. Very, very cool. Anyway, that's that. I won't say any more, but it is one of my favorite shows. Uh, literally of all time. Like up there with yeah. Gargoyles, up there with Batman. Yeah, know, I, I have to agree. I, I love the show so much. Hell yeah. I and, mean, I, and, I, and, and I also haven't seen the third season yet because mm-hmm. I don't have right, HBO Max or... Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So it's on HBO Max now. So I don't know. We got a lot of building reasons to subscribe to HBO Max. You got yeah, Samurai so. Jack. You got Young Justin. Yeah, I know. So, May have to bite the bullet. Yeah, I know. We we actually bit the bullet this year and and did it because like 
between the two of us, we were we weren't really paying for that many subscriptions. Really, like I paid for Hulu. Uh, we have a friend who pays for Disney. We have a friend who pays for Netflix. Like so, so Steph ended up signing up for HBO uh, primarily so we could watch Doctor Who. But now we also have access to all this other stuff too. Um, but yeah, I you know I get it. There's a, there's a lot of crap out there to subscribe to. It gets to be a bit much. <laughs> uh but you know those, those those are those are pretty good selling points i mean if they just put them out on dvd or blu-ray you know it'd be cool with that whatever uh right. but hey whatevs for now we got hbo max so folks that wraps up our uh, our episode here about cartoon network and so many great shows that we definitely love and want you to you know express your love for cartoon network at us at uh you know on our facebook page but before we catch that horizon, we have one more thing for you. So let's go to this. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror. The new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a Tooth Fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a Tooth Fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. And now it's time to dive up the edge of the map with another edition of... Dive, monster. The video game bestiary of annoying enemies that really need to just fuck off. What? <laughs> yes! I bet you never thought this segment was coming back. Those of you who may have been listening to us for 50-something episodes, uh, Die Monster was a segment that I did uh, way back in Season 1. Uh, just, just, uh, just as a funny gag to bitch about random video game enemies that were super pains in the asses and i sort of wasn't really planning on coming back to this but uh we had a funny conversation a couple weeks ago in the facebook group about uh one of the enemies that i originally envisioned myself talking about on this right right uh and i never actually got around to it so i will just even though it has nothing to do with uh, cartoon network i'm gonna bitch about um basically my all-time most hated video game enemy ever and those are the 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 freaking birds in ninja gaiden for nes <laughs> those goddamn freaking birds uh, fucking birds ever played fucking I mean, birds this is, this is a notoriously difficult game and like the series on nes especially all three games are pretty hard but like 
it's like it's like hard for kind of the wrong reasons like there's a lot of instant deaths a lot of pit deaths and they make you do like the whole level over like if you die at the boss you got to do the whole freaking level over and it's just it's just it's just mind-numbing it's freaking it's just so brutal freaking man hard. so yeah. um this is uh th this is an enemy that's in a lot of levels and they are just birds they're just birds. They're not birds. birds with fucking rocket launchers strapped to their balls. They're just fucking birds. They're just eagles or something. I don't know. Yep. Hawks, and eagles, whatever. I, I think a lot of people call them eagles, but nobody's really sure. I don't know. I, I, they're just the birds. I don't know. But so they're, <laughs> they, they literally, I remember getting to a spot in the last level and you could stand there and the fucking bird would spawn come at you like so come i'm talking me, i'm talking you are standing in one place not, not moving at all. yes yeah. okay and there's pits everywhere and the bird is spawning on the on the right side of the screen comes at you bro like super fast and you <laughs> you kill it and then it spawns again usually in games you have to like move move the screen away from the spawn point and then move it back and then certain games will respawn that enemy respawn sometimes enemy, yeah. it will remember that the enemy is gone depending on the game but with the birds for some reason like it they would just keep coming like rapid like there's a guy just off screen firing a rapid fire like bird launching gun at right. your like just yeah like what is happening where, where are these fucking birds, birds where are they coming from, from? they're Fuck. infinite birds um they suck and if you don't you know anticipate them they knock you into the pit and then you die and then you got to start the whole level over and it's just it's just it's just awful so um yeah it's fuck just that not birds. Time. fuck that fuck bird them. fuck that bird fuck that oh bird. my god as as a Power glove. Power says. glove. Power glove. Yeah. Fuck that bird. Fuck that bird. Fuck that bird. They were talking about a different bird, but that's okay. They were, but it doesn't yeah. matter. It still applies. Still uh, a bird. Still applies. So I think I think Joe, you actually had you were going to tack on to this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to mention the uh, the dogs in the first level, like how fucking obnoxious they were. They're so fast. They're so fast. Like like they they're faster than than your character is, and God forbid if you jump the wrong fucking way. <laughs> and they fucking respawn and fucking fucking oh my god. Let me uh, stand up. Like, I actually found Stop raiding my calf. God damn. <laughs> I found a game fact on GameSpot where somebody was talking about the annoying enemies and somebody made a list. It was just this guy's list, but um it's all the, the birds. Number one is the Eagles. Uh <laughs> so he might mean the Don Henley group. I'm not really sure. I mean they are also <laughs> annoying. Um, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, number two is, uh, jetpack ninjas slash little monkey guys. Uh, number three is little ninjas with big sticks. Number four is bats, uh, in the belfry outside. The bats. Belfry, uh, it doesn't say, uh, five is cheetahs slash fast moving turtles. Question mark. What? Uh, number six it's is unclear. death cloaks. And number seven is boomerang guys. I just love all the guys. Like that's how we talk. Boomerangy. <laughs> oh, I got a little monkey guys. Little uh, monkey the boomerang, guys. You know the boomerang guys. Uh, the bats the jet, are bats. They're the just jetpack jaguar guy. <laughs> I don't know the bat guys. 
jetpack ninja guys. I don't know what they're part fast, is. They're fast moving turtles. <laughs> they're, they're turtles that move at a fast speed. That's fast actin turdactin. Turdactin. <laughs> fast cluckin' turduckin. <laughs> That New is... age of turducken. <laughs> New age of heroes. Oh my <laughs> so god! So that's my die monster for the week, maybe for the season. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> uh, Ninja Gaiden birds. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Fuck, Fuck you, birds. Suck a dick. So die monster. You do not belong in this world. Die monster indeed. Awesome. All right. So uh before we finish off this episode, uh, I want to open things up so we can promo a couple of things. Uh very specifically, um, there is one thing we want to promote that is the Amalgamania Podcast Awards. Uh, and now this is something new, it's new for this year, it's very exciting. It is being you know, put on by our friends over at Amalgamania and we have a, a promotional clip that we can play for you. So we are going to fire that off into your ear holes right now. Yeah, take it away, Patsy. In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. The summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. All right. Awesome stuff. So yeah. that is that is definitely something you are going to want to pay attention to, vote for, be a part of, because, you know, us uh, us indie podcasting groups out here, we like to stick together when, and, you know, if we start promoting and having awards and doing this as a more significant thing. I mean, hey, look at the video game awards, right? That was started by one dude who just wanted to make a video game award show. And now it's like a mass televised event. So yeah. hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, no matter um, how small your show is, you can go and you can submit to this. The uh, It is called the Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. First ever. It does cost you $10 to submit your show. But uh, it is only five dollars for each additional entry, and uh, you know you guys could uh, could win fabulous fa- fabulous prizes, including these amazing trophies <laughs> and stuff, and oh. uh, you know bragging rights, really cool bragging rights, really cool. absolutely oh. the coolest yeah. bragging rights, cooler than I beat Ninja Gaiden without dying, absolutely way, way cooler than that. Yep, although cool. that's cool, <laughs> way less uh, frustrating to do too, right? Hundred percent <laughs> less birds. Yes. Uh, so zero birds. Cool. Zero birds. In there could not be less birds. None less birds. <laughs> None more birds. For sure. None more birds. Uh, all right. Awesome. So, uh, Nintendo, Parasite Steve, do you have anything personally you would like to premiere? No, I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm good. What you got, Nintendo? Actually, I want to promote two YouTube channels. Oh, oh totally radical. Stay what? 
<laughs> oh god. Uh, anywho, yes. So <laughs> I will hurts. promote. <laughs> yeah. So I will promote my very own YouTube channel, which is Nintendo Twenty Five. You can just you know type in my name in the little search bar there and be like, oh, there I am. Look at my cat. I'm super cute. Um, and uh, and we also have our very own YouTube channel, Retro Octopus. You can also type that name in the search bar and subscribe to us because you know we need subscribers like yeah like like, like hardcore you know <laughs> um uh, last time i checked we're at 52 which isn't too bad 52 um, could do yeah it's a very small channel but hopefully you know we can make it grow and one step at a time yeah one step with at your time, help one day at anything's time. possible folks yes anything yeah. yeah, and very cool that um, we just our, our latest video, maybe maybe at the time of just recording this, but uh, Joe, you did a really cool, amazing unboxing for my latest book, Mark of the Witchworm, which obviously yes. I've talked about on the show. And I just want to say thank you so much for doing that, dude. That was really amazingly cool. Um, yeah, man. I loved I, I just I just loved it. It was just fun. Uh, it, it was it was just really cool seeing how excited you were and the stuff that we made you know, turned out as good as it did. It's like, it, it, it's one thing to see it on our side. We're like, uh, yeah, this is a thing that we made. This is a thing. And, mm-hmm. but like nobody else has held it in their hand and it's, it's, it's just, a totally it's different so thing. freaking cool seeing yeah. everybody like actually, cause the shipments of the books kind of went out a couple weeks ago. So this past week and the tail end of the week before it was when like the post started to like hit the web and people were like, Oh, I got mine. Oh, I got mine. And, and everybody's like sharing pictures and, and uh, our buddy, Derek Lofstrom fellow retroid, you know, he did an amazing unboxing and that was really fun. But uh, yeah, just, just thank you so much for doing that. That was, that yeah. was, it meant a no lot. It was really, really no cool. It was fun to do. So and you I, guys should, and I can't wait to, I, I, I can't wait to, to actually read it. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys should check that unboxing out, man. And yeah, lady, yeah. and check it out, and check it out. importantly, by the book too. Yeah, while you're at it, while you're at it, go to Roughhouse Publishing and yeah, can. go get your copy. There's still some uh, copies of the hard hard cover with all the extras left at roughhousepublishing.com oh, of Mark of the, the Witchworm. Do it. I wasn't planning on promoing this at all, but here we are. Okay. But here, here we are. are. Here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it just needs to be said. It needs to be said. There we go. Right? It's got to be said. Awesome. Cool. That wraps up this episode, everybody. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope that you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, if you liked what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> As well as being a part of the Inebriar Podcast Network, Retro Redoctopus is a full-fledged member of the Darkening Podcast Network and can now be heard on Hellfire Radio. Radio. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like (laughs) Throwdown Thursday, who is celebrating their 250th episode tonight. Yeah! Yeah! At the time of this recording. At the time of this very recording, not the time you're hearing this, but it's fine. It's whatever. It's cool. We love them. But thanks. Congratulations. Thanks, yes. guys. Good Thanks job, for the guys. 250 episodes. I mean, I'm thank you. Thank I mean, you Flavin, for showing I don't it know. to me. Thank you for so having it to me. Uh, we have sh- <laughs> we nice have uh, lady. nice lady, <laughs> Fry Laven uh, So Throwdown Thursday, Super Retro Throwback Reviews. We have the Amalga Fires, the Horror Squad, Mostly Ghostly, and Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. 
Go check them out. For more information or to subscribe to us or any great show, please visit the dorkening.com. I have been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and we will see you next time.